for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Hi everyone, welcome to Living Life. Sometimes in our lives, uh, we make a mistake of belittling the importance of God in our lives. And sometimes it's unintentional. Um, we don't do that as Christians intentionally. We don't belittle the importance of God in our lives. We always worship God. We trust Him. We believe in Him. And we rely on His words. But we do make mistakes in ways where unintentionally we do so and it's because as we build our own fame our own confidence in ourselves our strength and sometimes our own independence in carrying out the ways of our life uh, those are the things that um, tempts us to belittle, uh, belittle the importance of God in our lives we are supposed to trust God with all our heart and our mind and our soul we have to believe in always but there are times that we do make mistakes, just as I mentioned. And through in the, in the journey of our life, as we make those mistakes, God sometimes intervenes uh, with His wrath and His fury. And that's not because He's always an angry God. And that's because He's trying to teach us a lesson, a message that He speaks to us, that we have to get rid of those things before the Lord, because we are born-again Christians solely led to only trust in the Lord, our God. So as we take a look in today's passage, let's look at three things that we could make mistakes in our lives, uh, trusting that instead of God. So why don't we take a look? Jeremiah chapter 49, verses 23 through 39. Concerning Damascus, Hamath and Arpad are dismayed, for they have heard bad news. They are disheartened, troubled like the restless sea. Damascus has become feeble. She has turned to flee and panic has gripped her. Anguish and pain have seized her, pain like that of a woman in labor. Why has the city of renown not been abandoned, the town in which I delight? Surely her young men will fall in the streets. All her soldiers will be silenced in that day, declares the Lord Almighty. I will set fire to the walls of Damascus. It will consume the fortresses of Ben-Hadad. Concerning Kedar and the kingdoms of Hazar, which Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, attacked, this is what the Lord says, Arise and attack Kedar and destroy the people of the east. Their tents and their flocks will be taken. Their shelters will be carried off with all their goods and camels. People will shout to them, terror on every side. Flee quickly away. Stay in deep caves, you who live in Hazar. Declares the Lord, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, has plotted against you. He has devised a plan against you. 
Arise and attack a nation at ease, which lives in confidence, declares the Lord. A nation that has neither gates nor bars, its people live far from danger. Their camels will become plunder, and their large herds will be spoils of war. I will scatter to the winds those who are in distant places, and will bring disaster on them from every side, declares the Lord. Hazor will become a haunt of jackals, a desolate place forever. No one will live there. No people will dwell in it. This is the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah the prophet concerning Elam early in the reign of Zedekiah king of Judah. This is what the Lord Almighty says, See, I will break the bow of Elam, the mainstay of their might. I will bring against Elam the four winds from the four quarters of heaven. I will scatter them to the four winds, and there will not be a nation where Elam's exiles do not go. I will shatter Elam before their foes, before those who want to kill them. I will bring disaster on them, even my fierce anger, declares the Lord. I will pursue them with the sword until I have made an end of them. I will set my throne in Elam and destroy her king and officials, declares the Lord. Yet I will restore the fortunes of Elam in days to come, declares the Lord. So we're going to take a look at three things, three aspects of life that we should be careful of. Um, we could see that through three locations that's mentioned in today's passage. The first area is Damascus. And through Damascus, what God speaks to us is about their fame, uh, the, the boastfulness of their pride in their wall, it seems. In verse 25, it says, Why has the city of renown uh, not been abandoned? Now, what were they famous for? Uh, I think indirectly we could see in verse 27, God says, I will set fire to the walls of Damascus. It will consume the fortresses of Ben-Hadad. Now, I think indirectly it speaks about the city. Maybe the walls of Damascus was uh, very well known. I mean, even today, it's a tourist area where we think about the walls of Damascus. And the fortress of Ben-Hadad Maybe it's a place for the king, uh, Ben meaning sun, Hadad meaning a, a god, one of their gods that they believed in. It's one of their uh, Semitic god of the storm. So a place where the son of God dwells in that area, I think they would have built a great fortress. Now God says, I will set fire to the walls and that fire will continue and consume the fortresses. Now, why would God do that? Because he's trying to bring down and desolate, des uh, demolish their pride that they have with their famous wall. They're trusting on their fame because they're renowned for that. And that's the thing that God is tackling in today's first part of the passage when God speaks against uh, Damascus. Due to the strength of the wall, maybe they were famous, so they would have trusted more of their of wall, the strength of it, rather than God. Even if they trusted in God, they believed in a false God. It was a, a God that, in a Semitic sense, it was a storm God called Hadad. Now, in the second location, we can see of the second uh, aspect that we should be careful of. Uh, Kedars and the kingdoms of Hazar, uh, it's a location where the Bedouins lived. It's an area where they uh, lived their nomadic life, where they roamed the area freely. 
So their enjoyment of their independent lifestyle was one of the traps that they fell into. In the remote areas, they trusted more of their way of life rather than in unison with the singleness of heart trusting God. They lived freely without restraints. In direct sense, we could see in today's passage that through God's punishment, that God will lead them into uh, caves. We see in verse 30, it says, Flee quickly away, stay in deep caves, you who live in Hazor, declares the Lord. Now, through God's punishment uh, using Babylonians, what happened to them is that their independent lifestyle now, uh, without restraints, have now become uh, a life with restraints. They have to go into caves and hiding. They can't roam around the areas freely. Uh, their life of carefree has now become a life without carefreeness. Uh, they are with worry. They were always concerned about themselves rather than the interest uh, in the concerns of God. So what happened to their lifestyle? Now they are dug deep into the caves and hiding. They, li they live a life of restraints. A third aspect through the third location we see in today's passage is Elam, which is a location in Persia. It's a, it's a modern-day uh, Iran. Uh, it seems like they trusted more of their weaponry. We see in verse 35, it says, See, I will break the bow of Elam, the mainstay of their might. It looks like they trusted more of their strength and their weaponry and their bow uh, because the scriptures say it was their mainstay of their might. Their mightiness is found in their strength. But what does God say? That he will break the bow, that he will break their strength, that he will break the source of their might. What does God do uh, through this? He speaks to us that you are supposed to trust in the strength of God rather than the weaponry that you build to protect yourself, to defend yourself, and to fight against this world. He says that in verse 37, uh, that he will shatter Elam before their foes. I mean, how, uh, how shameful is that? A country, a nation that trusts in his weaponry, God intervenes to shatter them utterly before their foes. What a shameful way uh, to face their defeat before their foe. God just demolishes their source of strength, their source of trust before the enemies which they could have uh, battled against easily with their weaponry. Now, these three aspects can be translated into these. It could be fame, independent lifestyle, and the confidence in your own strength. And these could be factors that could derail us from walking towards God. Because these are the things that we trust more as we build our life upon it. Unknowingly and uh, unintentionally, we can make mistakes because these, are, these could be the source of our temptation. Our fame will lead to directions of trusting our, our own well-being, our strength, such as the wall of Damascus. Our independent lifestyle could say that, you know, maybe we don't need God in this aspect of life. Maybe I could just trust my own instinct and my lifestyle. Maybe confidence in your own self. Yes, we, knew, we do need self-confidence, but if you're overconfident with your own strength, what happens? That you start to derail away from God. You say you don't need God. I think these three aspects are mentioned through the three locations so that we can meditate what may be our problem before the Lord?
So in the end, we become renowned not because of our strength, it's because we are children of God. Through His strength, we live our life with confidence. That's why we become, we become renowned before everyone. We don't live our independent lifestyle. We live free from sin because of God. He's the one who breaks us free from the bondage of sin. That's why we've become free. And what about our confidence in life? He's the source of our strength. He's the one who gives us a mighty bow to live in this chaotic life. That's why we have confidence because God is with us. So I hope that these three aspects could be true in your life as you seek God more in your life. Let us pray. God, if needed, humble us before your presence so that we may come to know that all we ever need is only you, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Sing your soul,